Hi, this is Carolyn having some self-care time by cuddling with my kitty cat. And I just got through editing the episode you're going to listen to today on suicide, suicide prevention. It's a tough topic. It's a challenging topic, but it's one that we need to discuss. And I want to tell you that if at any time you start feeling triggered or extra anxious or extremely depressed or have any other uh, severe emotions, stop listening and get help immediately if you need to do that. The number to call or text is 988. That's the quickest, easiest way to get help if you need it. I hope you will enjoy this episode, not because it's fun to talk about, because I hope it will inspire you to make some changes in your life, to take a fresh look at the people you love, and to be aware of when someone might just need to have a listening ear. Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the Mental Health and Faith, a Closer Look podcast and YouTube show. I'm Carolyn Cooper, and here I hope you will find encouragement for life in this complicated world as we talk about mental health, wellness, our recovery journeys, and living as a Christian with a mental illness, as well as other topics. And I always welcome your comments, questions, and even suggestions for improvement or for additional topics that you'd like to hear. My contact information is in the show notes. So thank you so much for being here and enjoy the episode. Hi, this is Carolyn Cooper with In God's Corner Ministry. When I was a teenager, my mom and dad called me and my three sisters into our living room and sat us down on the couch to give us some bad news. A relative had passed away. It was quite shocking because he was only in his late 30s and we wondered what could have caused his death at that young age. Had he been sick? Was there an accident? We learned that he died of an overdose of some prescription medication. Now in those days, we really didn't talk much about mental health or suicide. But I remember some whispered conversations that maybe this was an intentional overdose. This relative was friendly. Uh, He played games with us when we were at their house. But he also did still live at home with his parents in his late 30s. He did not have a job. And I remember that sometimes when we sat around the table at meals or playing board games, his hands seemed to quiver. It is possible, in fact, years later, I know now, that he did have a mental illness of some kind. I'm not sure what it was, but he did have a mental illness. His parents were not home when the overdose happened and we suspect that this was intentional. Suicide comes in lots of forms and none of it's good. 
Suicide is also 100% preventable. September is Suicide Prevention Month. So today, I'm going to share some statistics with you about suicide. I'm also going to share some ideas for communicating with someone who may be at risk. It's so important to be aware of this issue and to recognize how prevalent it is in our society. If you're watching on YouTube right now, hello there. I'm going to be showing some slides for a presentation I'll be giving later this week on suicide prevention. If you're listening to my podcast, that's great. I'm going to read as much as I can from the slides, but I invite you to find my YouTube channel. It's YouTube at In God's Corner Ministry. You'll catch a little bit more information on the slides that I don't have time to read. I'd like to start by talking about the goals of suicide prevention. Now you might be saying, well, that's obvious. It is to prevent suicide. And it is. But how? How do we, how does society work to prevent suicide? Suicide prevention efforts are number one, to increase help seeking behavior among individuals at risk. In other words, the first thing that we want to do is to help people take on the behaviors to help themselves. And that means calling a friend, talking to a loved one, calling a therapist, calling or texting 988, the suicide crisis lifeline. Behaviors that a lot of times we don't want to take, we're afraid to take, we're embarrassed, we may feel ashamed. But behaviors that involve reaching out, reaching out to find the help that is there for you. So that's goal number one, to help people realize it is okay to ask for help. They are not alone. The second goal for suicide prevention is to increase awareness of available resources. I already mentioned one, I'm going to mention it again. The 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. You can call or text. Someone is available 24 7, 365 or 366 days of the year. But there are uh, mental health organizations mental health professionals of all kinds. There are uh, books you can read, articles, podcasts. There are so many resources available. You just need to look. And I am going to have resources listed in the show notes. So if you want somebody to talk to, if you want to know what some of those resources are, I am going to have that list because it is so important to be aware that if you are ready to get help, help is available. The third goal of suicide prevention is to increase confidence and competence of individuals to assist someone at risk. So while we use this presentation to help us understand about suicide and the resources that are available. It's also to, for ongoing training and learning education so that 
the person who is not the mental health professional can have a little bit more confidence in how to reach out and support someone in their life who is struggling. So these three goals uh, you will see come to life in what I'm sharing today. And I hope you will recognize the problem for what it is and make some changes in your life. I've mentioned it twice and I'm going to mention it again. The 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline just rolled out a little over a year ago. It is a network of local crisis centers. It's available in English or Spanish. And in addition to calling or texting, you can sign online 988lifeline.org and enter a confidential chat with a person, a live chat. This resource is an incredible opportunity by pushing just three numbers on your phone. You will be connected with someone locally. It's a work in progress to get crisis centers on board and trained, but it's moving in the right direction. So please don't hesitate to call. And you can call this number even if you are not the one who is having suicidal thoughts. If you have a loved one or a friend or some or need some information, this line is the place to start. I'd like to share some statistics with you now about suicide uh, just to show how serious this problem is here in the United States. And some of these figures I know are going to be a little bit frightening. But the hope is that this will cause you and me, all of us, to take action. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among people aged 10 to 14, and the third leading cause of death among people 15 to 24. The second and third causes of death for our youth and young adults. That's incredible. It's tragic. Suicide is the 12th leading cause of death overall in the United States. Of those who died by suicide, 46% have a diagnosed mental health condition. Now you might say, oh, well, that's not very many. I thought it'd be a lot higher than that. Well, the key word here is diagnosed. 46% have a diagnosed mental health condition. But 90% have experienced symptoms of a mental health condition. This is based on conversations uh, with family members and uh, doctors and others to try to determine the state of mind of the person, the mental health condition of the person that took their life. 90%. That is just goes to show that so many people out there have not gotten the treatment they need to get an accurate diagnosis. That has got to be someplace we start. It's okay to check on your mental health. It's okay to have an evaluation, an assessment. It's okay to address the emotional issues, the mental health issues that you are having. 
I think after hearing those statistics and realizing how serious this problem is, it's time to stop and take a deep breath. So for you watching or listening, please breathe with me. Let's breathe in to a count of three. One, two, three, hold it, and out. One, two, three. Let's do that one more time. Breathe in, one, two, three, hold it, breathe out. One, two, three. What do we do? Well, that's why we're here. That's why I'm here sharing this information with you so that we can think of the ways that we can make changes in our life to help prevent another suicide from happening. It's important for every individual to be mindful of their mental health. And I believe that includes being aware of any risk factors you may have that could potentially lead to having suicidal thoughts or dying by suicide. Mental illness, depression and other mental disorders, substance use disorder, having a prior suicide attempt and a family history of suicide, having a family ha- having a family violence including physical or sexual abuse having firearms in the home is another risk factor and so is being incarcerated exposure to suicidal behavior of others such as family members or peers is also tragically a risk factor and i have heard stories of multiple family members taking their lives now, many people who have these risk factors are not suicidal and they're not at risk, but it's just something to be aware of that these factors could indicate you are at risk. In addition to risk factors, there are also some signs that may be a concern. And again, like with the risk factors, just because you have some of these signs does not mean you are at risk. There are a lot of factors that combine to, to make someone truly at risk of dying by suicide. These are just some ideas. And if you're looking out for the people in your life, if you notice they have some of these signs, have a conversation with them. Don't be afraid to do that. So what are these signs? Okay talking about wanting to die or kill oneself that's huge do not overlook that have the conversation and we'll talk about how to do that here in a few minutes but the signs for concern talking about wanting to die or kill yourself kill oneself looking for a way to kill oneself such as searching online or buying a gun Talking about feeling hopeless or having no reason to live. Talking about feeling trapped or in unbearable pain. Talking about being a burden to others. Increasing the use of alcohol or drugs beyond what may have been uh, normal for that individual. Acting anxious or agitated and behaving recklessly. Sleeping too little or too much. 
withdrawing or feeling isolated, showing rage or talking about seeking revenge, displaying extreme mood swings. If you have anyone in your life exhibiting any of these behaviors, first, just know it does not necessarily mean they are at risk, but it is important to have a conversation with them. I found a great resource for the National Institute of Mental Health. It's called Five Action Steps for Helping Someone in Emotional Pain. And I think this is a great place to start in showing your love and compassion for the people in your lives when you acknowledge that they are experiencing emotional pain. The first thing you do is ask. In other words, have a conversation. And it's okay to say, are you thinking about killing yourself? It's okay to say that. Then keep them safe. If you know someone is in is struggling, help make sure that they don't have access to anything that would uh, cause them to hurt themselves. Be there. That's the third uh, action step, is to be there. Listen carefully and acknowledge their feelings. It's important not to judge or assign blame to them listen and acknowledge how they're feeling and sometimes that's all a person needs fourth is help them connect i've talked about the 988 uh, suicide and crisis lifeline as i said i will have lots of other resources in the show notes go online and search and you can find lots of resources help a loved one in your life to connect with a resource if they are having problems taking the steps themselves and if they are willing to let you help them that is a a kindness that uh, just cannot be overlooked and finally the fifth action step is to stay connected follow up and stay in touch after a crisis because just because they move through a crisis doesn't mean they're not still experiencing experiencing some pain be with them stay connected another way to be respectful and accurately communicate about suicide is by watching your language i'm just going to share a couple of these for example we say someone died by suicide not committed suicide it's not an act they did and committed to doing it and were successful in doing it. No, they died by suicide, usually as a result of a mental illness of some kind or some other tragic circumstance in their life. Don't put the responsibility completely on that person and the decision they made. It's a result, in most cases, a result of an illness or a tragic circumstance. They died by suicide. We also, instead of talking about someone as being manipulative, crying for help, only threatening suicide to get attention, instead of referring to someone in those terms, consider this. 
are they depressed, hurting, anguished, isolating? What is an accurate description of the feelings and behaviors that they're showing? Because believe me, very few people would threaten suicide just to get attention. Yes, it does happen. But in most cases, if someone is threatening suicide, there is some truth. They are revealing some of their feelings. And we don't want to let that go. That's where we want to go back to those five action steps that we just talked about. I want to end by reminding you one more time that help is available. Some of the resources, and again, I will have all of this information in the show notes, but some of the resources that are available on the national level are the 988 988 line, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, AFSP, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, that's NAMI, Mental Health America, MHA, the National Institute of Mental Health, NIMH, and the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, SAMHSA. If you need help, please reach out. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know this was a serious topic, but it's a crucial topic. And I welcome, as always, I welcome any comments or questions that you may have. Please reach out. My contact information is also available in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today. May God bless you. Thank you for joining me today. This is Carolyn Cooper with In God's Corner Ministry. Please subscribe and be a regular participant in these shows. I would love to hear your comments, questions, and suggestions. You'll find my email and other information in the show notes. Have a blessed day. Again, thank you for joining me.